live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Getting cut prior two weeks before the season for by Jacksonville. Uh, it was a uh, it was upset upsetting moment for me and my family. You know, this is how I feed my family. Uh, this is how I take care of them also. And just me ha- me having to understand and recognize there was also something greater for me at the end. You know, prior to that, I wasn't getting the ball that like I used to. I uh, was sharing time with Rojo. It didn't matter. You know, uh, I had to. Like I said, this I think this this season was a humbling season for me. And I think I tweeted that. Uh, a while back too. That is Leonard Fournette, former Jags player. You know what I like about Leonard? What you got? In this spot, playoff Lenny. I don't see, and and maybe I missed it, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't see a lot of blame game on other people mm-hmm. for it not working out in Jacksonville, and I think that's an easy thing to do. And I'm sure he has some of that. I'm sure whether it's Tom Coughlin or whether it's Doug Marone or Dave Caldwell, whoever uh, mm-hmm. it might be, he could he could point fingers, I'm sure. But he, he's taking some ownership of the whole thing, saying, you know, it's been a challenging year. But it's not like a lot of people say, hey, it's a challenging year, but it's not my fault. That's yeah. not that's not really where he's gone with it. I respect that. Did you see on Monday during the press conferences, somebody asked him, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about the difference between cultures of Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. I didn't. Yeah, so somebody asked him, like, so what's the difference with the culture that's in Jacksonville, or that was in Jacksonville when you were there and now in Tampa Bay? And he, he had a great answer. I mean, he was like, hey, you know, Jacksonville's the past. I had fun there. Um, you know, I have respect for those guys, but I'm in Tampa Bay now, so let's focus on Tampa Bay. Like, he, he kind of deflected the question, which I thought was classy, because it was an open-ended question that we could really yeah. bury the organization if he truly wanted to, and he chose to take the high road. So and I don't think he cool. would be wrong necessarily in hammering him for the culture. Oh, I, I would have buried him. At the Super Bowl, well, yeah. I, I would have buried the crap out of him, Brent. You kidding me? I mean, I, get out the shovels. Let's go. And speaking of that, you know, like I'm a guy kidding. like uh, Jared Goff isn't shy about saying, hey, feelings are mutual. You know, <laughs> that's the headline. There's probably more to be said about that. But yeah. you know, listen, I, I'd have a hard time not taking a dig at my former employee if they cut me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd, I'd be a hard thing to do. So uh, I'd you know, again, I, I I think Leonard knows that he created some of the issues. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, it's a, also the fact that listen, a guy that's an undrafted free agent really had a better year than Leonard Fournette overall. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he went to Tampa, so the Jags weren't necessarily wrong. So I guess it, there's a little bit of that. Oh no, in hindsight, it was a great move to get rid of Leonard Fournette. Let's yeah. be honest, because then if you would have kept him. Let's say he has a decent season. Well, then do you do you tag him for another year? Like, what do you do with him? Do you make that fifth year eligible? Like, what are you gonna do with James Robinson? You have a, a top flight quarterback on a rookie contract. The right decision was made. Hey, a couple other mentions now for uh, some kids that are signed on the dotted line today on National Signing Day. Menendez High School, Anali Layman, Soccer, West Florida, Mod Baker, Football, Peru State, Mandy Taylor, Softball, Eastern Florida State, Brooksbury, Lacrosse, Berry College. I wonder if I get her last name right, or did Brooksbury just end up at Berry College? <laughs> like, I might have messed that up, because like, I wrote this I mean, down what are, in an email. What are, so. what, are, what are the odds, you know? Uh, is there a Berry College? There is Berry College. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I'm just not sure if the Berry got confused with the college or her last no, name when I, I wrote I it down. You. I hear you. <laughs> Who knows? Sorry, Brooks. But maybe she has some kind of in there. Maybe <laughs> she's got relatives that, uh, I don't know. Ella Chang swimming UNF, uh, building a brand new pool at UNF. Jasmine Newsom swimming Indian River State. Uh, let's get some other ones in real quick uh, to give a shout-out to some of the schools. First Coast High School, 
Uh, Damian Delaney, football, Valdosta State, good football program. Jalen Evans, football at Stetson. Philip Lee, Troy football. Uh, Artie and Luster, West Virginia Wesley, and I probably drove by there <laughs> in the last day. <laughs> and uh, Brooke Wright's going to play softball at Edward Waters College. So we'll give a shout-out to some more uh, of the uh, kids signing on National Signing Day, not only right now on ESPN 690 and until 6 o'clock, but also on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. All right, I did a horrible job of kind of teasing a segment in the, in the last half hour and not delivering. We got talking about big shot and 30 for 30 on uh, – uh, had to do with the New York Islanders. But there was a story that came out in the last half hour of the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. and this COVID scare. Again, contact tracing is huge here, right? Mm-hmm. And and if we're now on Wednesday, and I think starting tomorrow, if you have to be put in protocol because of contact tracing, you can't play in the game. You can't pass enough tests. I believe that starts tomorrow. And so... This now, you know, you really start looking at this. And again, I think coaches have to be so nervous right now. Yeah. We also wonder how strict they will be behind closed doors. And I don't even know if I have a problem with that. I think that will be revealed in a book someday. Like, yeah, well, I I was close, but they didn't tell me to go to quarantine. You know, they're testing twice a day. I think they're doing as much as they can do and, and doing their part. I don't think this is going to be a Justin Turner situation where in the third quarter somebody leaves the game. There's no way. I don't think it's going to be that. No. But explain the barbershop deal because now someone's got a half a haircut because of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to start from the beginning real quick here? Yeah. So, a couple days ago, it was reported that Daniel Kilgore, and then who was the other guy? DeAndre Uh, Demarcus Robinson. I'm sorry, Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. um, Both, you know, they, they tested positive for COVID. And the the tie that they had together was the fact that they went to the same barber shop. Okay, so they were put on you know the the list that can't play in the game, right? And they're they're quarantined, and now they're out. Well, and we talked about this on the show. Was that Tuesday or yep. Monday? What a Tuesday! And I was like, it's it's kind of peculiar that, and with all due respect, but these two guys with completely different hairstyles would go to the same barber. Usually, if that's the case, you'd probably have more guys in that group that went. But, all right, two guys are out, um, tested positive, and it is what it is. Well, now we sit here Wednesday, one day later, and it's reported that there was over 20 Chiefs players and staffers, including Patrick Mahomes, scheduled Sunday to get a haircut with a barber who tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously, the same barber that gave the haircuts to Kilgore and company. Um, The Chiefs acted wisely and aggressively pulled the barber mid-cut once his test recall, test results came in from Daniel Kilgore. Now, a couple things here. Daniel Kilgore has now posted <laughs> a profile pic. And listen, when it says it was reported that he was mid-haircut, they were not lying. A half of The half of his hair is shaved completely bald, and the other half is, you know, a nice Brent Martin fade, let's just call it. And he chose to keep it like that. And now that's his Twitter profile, uh, you know, for the rest of time, maybe, because it's so genius. I mean, it's fantastic. So it begs the question, are you buying the fact that only two of these guys got their hair cut by that barber? And then for whatever reason, the next day, I guess they tested the barber and then it came back with COVID and then they canceled everybody out. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that seem a little fishy to me. Yeah, I, I think... Do I believe it? Probably not. Yeah. Do I have a problem with it? No, I really don't. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I, I don't know if I should. 
um, or ha- have a problem with it. I-, I understand the sensitivity of this topic, but the bottom line is I do think people are really doing their best to make sure people are safe and you know covid free and not dangering other folks yeah but let's be honest people if you ask me if you ask austin if you ask 10 people at the grocery store hey you can't play in the super bowl or you can go quarantine because you might have covid because you were close yeah guess what we're all saying Let's go play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think it would be very hypocritical of me that if this happened to me, I'd hope the heck they'd protect me and and make sure I play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know. Uh, so uh, and by the way, there's no evidence that they are protecting people. But you're asking me hypothetically, do I think they kind of are? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I I think that I think we'll hear the story someday of well, it might not have been exactly by the book. You know, even though they're making an attempt. I mean, they're they're doing it twice a day. Uh, people know what's at risk, which means if you're a player and a coach and all that stuff and you want to participate Sunday, you have to do your damnedest yeah. to try to stay away from people, to lock yourself in, to get your work in, get out, wear masks, all that stuff. And so that's a heck of an effort, I think, being placed on all these players, coaches, the teams. There, there's a responsibility they are dealing with. But if there's a little look the other way because Patrick Mahomes might have been in like a barber shop uh, an hour later or something, I'm not going to sit here and ridicule that, man. I, I think I, I think we all we'd all hope someone would look the other way in this situation. No, without a doubt. Like, let's be honest here. If I had the golden ticket and I was able to go to Tampa Bay and interview all the teams, kind of like a little special treatment, let's call it. Like I could take it upon myself, like the New York Times, and like kick down some doors and be like, yeah. well, you know, where were you at this time? And like, but like, let's be honest, man. Like this isn't. And, and once again, whether. They, they're covering some stuff or, or not. I honestly, I don't and I don't want this to come across the wrong way. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And when you're on this big of a stage, you have a chance to set an example. And I'm not naive to that. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think people could, they could use an, an example, example, right? Because yeah. they're testing twice a day. Yeah. They're wearing masks, all this stuff. Exactly. But but all I'm going to say is, and I echoed this back, way back in training camp this prior season. You did, too. You there, th- this, this isn't just a Super Bowl this, topic. Ex- thank you. It's not just a Super Bowl topic, okay? I'm sure there's a, I mean, the whole Titans thing, remember when they are practicing at, a, I guess, a high school or whatever? Um, who do, we, had, we had the guy from Nashville on. I forgot his name. Oh, oh, Steve Lehman. Yeah. yeah, Steve Lehman. Best dressed guy in That's Nashville. Right. Um, you know, we had him on to kind of speak his piece a little bit. Like, there's been a couple of things I feel like that have transpired that don't get really talked about. They're kind of something underneath the rug. And you know what? As long as everybody comes out of it okay, I guess I don't really have that much issue with it until the story comes out one well, day. Yeah, I, I will probably come out someday that, well, maybe could they have done. I just think if you're fishing for that story, that's a little much. Yeah. You know, I I don't. And may, by the way, maybe somebody's got to be. We're just assume, maybe this is all by the maybe it is all the way. Trend. I mean, the guy got stuck mid haircut. <laughs> I mean, there's evidence that they they tried to act quickly. And it doesn't look good now. You can just, <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. This dude right here, who let's be honest, I didn't know who he was until the haircut. Daniel Kilgore. I mean, brand skyrocketing. Absolutely. Call him GameStop, baby, because yes. he's going right up. So yeah. good for Daniel Kilgore right yeah, now. There's an endorsement coming oh, his you way. You better believe it. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so it, it'll be fascinating. I just, I guess we can't be naive to the point yeah. that, sure, they're trying their best, but there might be... Some th- again, we don't want to see this game without Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. 
and I bet they're doing their best to, to try to stake. But there's just so much to, at risk and so much unknown in, with this. You just don't know how somebody could get it, and it could mm-hmm. run rampant. Yeah. You know, through the locker room in the next day or so, you could have a Cleveland Brown situation. Yeah. You could have the Titan situation. You know, if you had that situation right now, it'd be even more. That'd be a bigger mess, quite frankly, than probably saying, yeah, there are only two guys in the barbershop. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and and, and, and again, and we want to say in full disclosure, there might have been only two guys in the barbershop. Exactly. There might have been. Who knows? Who knows? And, and I get it. Like, we want to see the Mahomes-Brady matchup more than anything. But I'm going to be honest here, Brent. And I'm going to need Tom Brady fans to put some earmuffs on real quick here while I whisper this out. I wouldn't be mad, and once again, I'm whispering this, I wouldn't be mad if Tom Brady actually got COVID-19 and was out for the game and Blaine Gabbert goes in because then let's say Blaine Gabbert wins the game. Okay? I'm going to text because I have Blaine Gabbert's number. Yeah. I'm going to send him a nice, easy-to-read text message right after that cl- the clock strikes zero and Blaine Gabbert takes the knee in victory formation, and I'm going to take a picture of that. That receipt that I have from Baptist Hospital, where you sent me to the hospital, and be like, hey, Blaine, two, two ways to put this here. Either I say that you sent me to the hospital, and you didn't pay for the bill, or, or Blaine, you come on ESPN 690 on Monday. Okay? Yes. And then you make things right. And even well, maybe one up, if Brady is indeed out, like let's say Brady gets, once again, earmuff at Brady fans, earmuff it for me, please. Let's say Brady gets announced that he's out Saturday. Oh. Oh my, what are we going to do? The, the ratings. Oh, the weekend was supposed to play there. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but let's say Brady is out. Saturday night, I send the text message to Blaine Gabbert. I show him the receipt once again. Not calling it blackmail, just calling it like what it is. But here's what I do, Brent. I'm going to say, when those because let's be honest, if they win, it's because of Blaine Gabbert. Because Casey's putting up points. True. So Blaine Gabbert's got to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. So if they win, it's because of Blaine Gabbert. When the cameras go to Blaine Gabbert and they say, what are you going to do next? The Super Bowl MVP, what is Blaine Gabbert going to say? He's going to say, I'm going on ESPN 690. I'm going to ESPN 690. There we go, Brent. Um, why, by the way, I... I mean, I don't ask you to have too much pull often, but why haven't you had yeah. Blaine Gabbert on the show? Well, I mean, what do you want to talk to him about? Like, I thought about it, but I, haven't, I, I seriously haven't talked to him since he got let go. So it's oh, like, it's hey, been that long. Oh, it's been a long time, man. So like, hey, remember me? Like, what, do you want to come on our show and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah. Because it's so fun for you? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's so weird. By the way, start planting the seed with Blaine, okay? Be like, hey, okay. man, nice, that's pretty cool. That you, you know, I was hanging out with Tom, you know, just some nice little texts. So you start rekindle that that okay. that friendship, okay. and then next year for the Super Bowl, if they're back in it, <laughs> yeah, you know, now we do, you can do like oh, a no. sit down. No, and trust you, me. You know how many people would tune into that sit down? Blaine Gabbert, tell me the Jags days. No, trust me. If they win, I'll reach out to Blaine Gabbert. Okay, I promise. Fair enough. I'll reach out to him. Um, if they lose. Probably, Probably not. not then. All right, yeah. I got a question for you, real quick. Who oh, would win? Chad Henney versus Br- Blaine Gabbert Super Bowl with these teams. Yeah. Chad Henney and the Chiefs, Blaine Gabbert and the Bucks. Who you taking? I mean, listen. Before that AFC Championship game, I would say Blaine because I feel like the boom of Blaine is better than Chad Henney. I agree with that. But then, like, I feel like Henney's got the momentum right now. Like, I mean, he, he <laughs> flexed on the oh, third and 14 run. Like, I mean, he was fired up. He, he saw the he saw the energy. You saw the tenacity. So advantage Henny, I guess. I don't By know, the way, man. I feel like I might take Gabbard. You, are, are you on the Blaine train? Well, Gabbard played some decent snaps and decent times in Arizona. Yeah. And even when he, he's come in a little bit for Brady at times this year. So, yeah. And by what uh, just the subconscious of what he's absorbed through Brady. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have more confidence. If I was a player, I think I'd have more confidence in Gabbert than Henny. Yeah. You think so? Being able to make the throws, being able to do the stuff you need to. Yeah, but I think what, I would. What about the experience factor, though? Because isn't 
I, I feel know like Henny's, Henny's got more experience. Yeah. Yes. But right. I think he's limited. Okay. You know, I think Gabbert's got a better skill set probably. Can we talk about real quick Blaine Gabbert's Instagram post? Yeah, Did real you, quick. You saw that? No. What he posted on Instagram. So this was right after the championship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he put gangsters moving silence. Yeah, and it's him and picture. Not, hey, not, take not, advantage not, of him, man. Listen, I, I'm a Wayne Gabbert supporter, dude. You know how I feel about him, right? So they, uh, that's the homie. This is a very aggressive post here. <laughs> this, is, this, this is doing like Kuz going on Instagram and saying, just crushed another ESPN 690 show today. Like, <laughs> yeah, you did. You know, like, you did. But, you know, me and Brenner are kind of doing our thing here, too. But but you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, Blaine, we get it. Like, you watch Brady do his thing. But, but you know. But you don't know how often I'm in a bar and I, I talk I talk trash to people. Be like, yeah, come on. You want to fight us? Two on two. And I show the picture of you. Yeah, I got so you. So there you go. I, I mean, got you. It happens. That's yeah. all Gabbert was doing there. I got you. You got to do it while you can. No, for sure. Hey, let's welcome in Brian Braddock to the show right now. St. Augustine High School. Football coach here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're going to talk signing day with Coach Braddock, but i got to get your thought on the Super Bowl first. How fired up are you as a football guy to watch Mahomes Brady? Uh, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, and this is just me being honest, I'm probably more excited to get with my two little boys and just eat a bunch of bad food. Yeah, but, uh, Amen but, to that. But I'm, and I feel like I can get away with it with my, uh, my wife's a dietitian, but I feel like I can use the Super Bowl as an excuse. No doubt. Uh, but no, oh, that's tough, man. When, game, hey, when your man. wife's a dietitian, that is tough. <laughs> she's she's great. She's very balanced. So she definitely takes good care of us. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, well, hey, what was signing day like for you guys? Uh, good for Sammy Edwards. I know he's at Valdosta State. That took a little bit. Uh, Yellow Jackets yeah. coming off a fantastic year. Brian Braddock, by the way, our Friday Night Blitz uh, Coach of the Year for 2020. Uh, how was signing day down your way? It was great. It was great. It's always such a, a great celebration to just uh, get excited for the young men that are achieving a achieving a goal of theirs and accomplishing a dream. And yeah, Sammy's uh, moving on to Valdosta State, and I think it's a, a tremendous fit uh, for him and for them. Um, he's you know a tremendous leader. He's got a lot of physical ability. Um, he's coming into a pretty light quarterback room um, with their situation they have right now, and obviously it's an elite Division two program and. I think there's a lot of parallels. He's had a lot of experience here with pressure, and his family's gone through this program, his dad, his older brother, and he's now played in his own state semifinals. So I think he's excited to go lead a program and try to win championships there. Brian Braddock with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I didn't check this, Coach, so you can check me on it. Is Ivory Durham still there? Former Reigns quarterback, won a national there. title with Valdosta State, uh, I think his freshman year. Yes. Yes, he's still there, um, and I, at this point, I think it's going to be him and Sammy, and then I saw recently, I figured they would bring in two. They brought in another kid who was also a dual threat. Um, you know, Sammy's more than capable with his legs, too. They, they wanted a kid that could, you know, do a little bit of everything, so I think they'll have three um, when they start camp, but I, I do know it's going to be an accelerated process for Sammy because they are a little bit light as far as their quarterback position. Coach, you've been a part of a, of a lot of student athletes, you know, going on to play at the collegiate level. Do you get the sense this year, though, everything that's transpired with COVID nineteen and the pandemic, and all of these athletes have put themselves through? Like, do you even get more of a sense of a reward and enjoyment to watch them kind of live out their collegiate hopes just because of what they had to go through this past season? Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, mean, I don't know if it's more, but I, I know it's, all, it's a little bit more of a, of a relief than it is normally. Um, it's a pretty linear process most years, but this year it was not at all. And um, unless you're that, that Power 5, no doubt, FBS guy who truthfully you know, had, had stuff already going on like that a year ago, 
um, this was a, a anxiety filled process because so many schools, uh, as everybody knows, you know, they, they don't, they didn't have a lot of guys moving on. Um, you've got some, some really good FCS programs and division two programs that, uh, you know, brought in less than five guys, uh, you know, 10 guys. And, and I, mean, I saw you know, some guys brought in one or two and because they have, they have nobody moving on. Everybody's got a year of eligibility that, that they were gifted back and, which is good, good for them. Obviously it was the right thing for those young men, but it's of no fault of theirs, but uh, it's really tough. So the number of opportunities uh, really shrunk very, very fast when the NCAA granted that extra year of eligibility. Brian Braddock with us here on ESPN 690 St. Augustine High School football coach. Will that, uh, let's assume everything gets back to normal, right? And the, the year after this year, the players aren't getting more years back and, and hopefully it's normal. Uh, do you think it will just impact this year's class and, and maybe 22 a little bit? Uh, will it go on to 23? I mean, how much of a log jam do you think we're talking based on how much maybe your phone is ringing? I, I think it's going to impact this year's class some as well. Um, cause, cause it, 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 you may have had some schools who, who, let, let's say they had a new staff come in, which that always fosters attrition because they're going to do things their way and maybe some other guys weren't bought in. Maybe there were some reasons why they changed staff. So let's say you have a staff that, that got rid of a bunch of juniors and seniors. Well, they still had a full slate of freshmen, most likely, um, that are keeping their eligibility, but they had a lot of scholarships because of those older guys that were, you know, maybe not brought back. So maybe they bring in a whole bunch more freshmen. So you, you could conceivably look at, a, at an FBS school who has, you know, 40 freshmen, wow. um, you know, 25 from last year, and maybe they brought in another 15, which to them, that's good. They want to do that. They want to turn the roster over. They want a new team. Um, but if you look at next year's, it's going to have a, it's going to have a lingering effect. Because any anytime you you stockpile a certain, one class, it's going to have to be made up in the classes that follow with smaller numbers. One more question for you here, Coach. Uh, do you get the sense, kind of to what Austin was saying, this process has changed so much. I feel like there's so much pressure on the kids. It doesn't have to be a Power Five kid, but I do think that the higher you are, the more stars you have. I think there's a lot of pressure. I, th- I think we get to this day and we talk to kids, and so many of them say, "I'm glad it's over," you know, uh, which yep. to me doesn't feel like a great process if you're glad it's over. Uh, so, how, I mean, listen, I made my kids sign a paper plate back in 2013 to say I will get a scholarship from mom and dad. I like that, bro. Uh, I like so that a lot. I mean, they've got few years left. I mean, there are there's there's pressure on these kids there's peer pressure because you see your buddy getting offered as a freshman or a sophomore and where's mine and i feel like i'm just as good all, all that stuff it's natural stuff do you do you and do the kids enjoy this process still or do you really feel like it's it's become more of a hindrance um i mean i think most most coaches would say it's their least favorite part of the job i can speak from that perspective as a coach and it has, has nothing to do with the, the work that goes into anything like that. I mean, we're, we, we love for our young men to be blessed with opportunities because of all the hard work they put in. It's just, it's, it's, it's socially, it's really, really challenging. And you mentioned a lot of the things there, but, you know, everybody's able to, to hear from everybody else and see what everybody else has going on. There are no, there's, there's, there's information overload. Uh, and, and honestly, I mean, it's no different. This just happens to be our realm. We're into sports. We're into football. It's it's all across society. Everybody's in everybody else's business. And everybody wants what everybody else has. So um, it's a tough process. It's a tough process for a teenage boy to to. You know, I'm I'm super grateful. The four young men that we had, you know, move on and we'll have some more later on in the process. They're they're high character young men that have a ton of gratitude for their experience here and for the opportunities they're going to have at the next level. But boy, it's it can be tough when you've got you know 16, 17, 18 year old impressionable young men in the formative years of their life. And they got a million people telling them a different million different things. Um, they're expecting a million different things, being told they should be 
given a million different things and they're looking at everybody else in the world and everything they have going on, it's tough. It's, it's very challenging. So I get that it's sometimes not fun. Yeah, I feel like uh, they're in an enviable position, uh, the perception to so many, but I don't know if I envy them. I really don't. Uh, I, I'm not sure I do. But congratulations to all the kids. You know, Daquan Stanley going to USF. You got uh, Sammy Edwards going to Valdosta State. Oh, where are the other couple guys going? Yeah, we had uh, uh, one of our guards and our tight end, um, Joe Hires and Kai Burchard, they signed with Warner today. And then we've got, you know, probably three, four more guys that later in the process will uh, we'll sign with some smaller schools. But, yeah, we're excited for all those guys. All right, then. Well, we keep telling everybody, uh, hey, all you recruiters, go to St. Augustine to get your quarterback. How many years in a row now that you guys have had a hey, high school quarterback? The, the, yeah, the, the starting quarterback at St. Augustine has gone on to play college football now every year since 1999. 1999. Dang. That's unbelievable. It's quite the resume. That's right how long there. I've been married since Austin. That's, how about that? Now, That's now, a long to time. Be fair, you know, to, be, to, to be fair, you know, Willie Cooper went and played safety at Miami. Quintana Cooper went and played receiver. And so some have gone on to play other positions, but yeah. every starting quarterback is gone. The, the cool thing with Sam, with uh, Sammy going to Boston State is we could have a top five Division two matchup two hours down the road That's between right. him and Austin Reed when they, when they play UWF. That's, how cool is that? Yeah, that would be very cool. And, and by the way, uh, West Florida got uh, Jack Goodrich, a uh, good receiver out of Creekside. Yeah. Um, we know their family a little bit, so we'll be catching passes from Austin Reed. I love that. That's a good matchup. We'll have to go cover that matchup, Coach. Oh, they've already started talking some good-natured smack. So it's uh, <laughs> it's it's an awesome fraternity. Cole Northrop at Lafayette so far, and for Sammy and Austin, of course, is too. So they can't wait to play each other. Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes. Hope the family's well, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Have a great evening. Thank you, guys. That's Brian Braddock, St. Augustine High School. Does a fantastic job. Our Friday Night Blitz Coach of the Year, and. Uh, good to all the good for all the young men and and uh, women that signed on to play at the collegiate level and keep their careers going. Doesn't matter the level. I always tell people this: just go play. Yeah. Heck, it doesn't even matter if it's a scholarship. Go walk on if you can. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It's it's still pretty awesome to play at that collegiate level. It's different, different yeah. than anything you've ever done. Uh, so if you get the opportunity, go do it. And congrats to all the folks that are are able to do it. I love the whole thing with the paper plate. I don't know that where you made your your kids yeah. sign a paper plate. You know what's funny is like we were so this was back in 2013 and I was about to go cover signing day like one of these days before they had the two of them. Yeah. And we would do a half hour special, so we were on the road quick. Well, I was dropping them off at school, and so I was like, there was a paper plate in my. I, I think I might have had like an English muffin on it or something previously, <laughs> and I was like, hey, you guys got to sign this. <laughs> They're like seven. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they still have it, obviously. Oh yeah, I took a picture of it today. That's I still have awesome. it. I, I'm, I'm gonna someday. Well, they got to do that, out. man. I mean, they're either going to live up. They signed. They yeah. made the contract. No, for okay. sure. I definitely got to do I'm going to do it right now so my son doesn't know any better. <laughs> Chess scholarship or band scholarship. Let's go Queens Gambit, baby. Let's make it happen. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. All right, Jason Fitz, thanks for checking in, man. We didn't try to keep you too, too long today. We we, we gave you a short one. Austin Lane. Hey, hey, Jason, real quick, man. Since you have oh, that the cough award, um, you know, since you can, you know, vote on that, Murray State's got a couple good receivers. <laughs> no, they, they, they didn't play this year, okay? They didn't play a game this year. But Murray State's got a couple good receivers. Just check them out real quick. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We used to participate in the wins, uh, you know, as an athlete and as a competitor. That's just how I am. I want to feel like I did something to help the team, not just to sit on the bench and you know, a play here and there, but everything wound up working out in my favor at the end. You know, me, me and Rojo makes, makes a, a hell of a one-two punch in a backfield. And like I say, without him, uh, Shady or, or Sneak, uh, we wouldn't be where we're at right now, just learning from each other and understanding each other and uh, just getting better as a whole, as a group. It's too easy, Brent. Too easy for us today. Yeah. Playoff Lenny. 
Playoff Lenny. Where did Playoff Lenny come from? It's he, a, it's a brand now. He's he selling hats. He's I got guess. hats and stuff. But like, it came from the, the Steelers game, right? Like when he went off for that great game, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, Playoff Lenny. So did hits did like the Bold City Brigade start that? Did he start that? Like, I don't know. Back then, I, I don't remember I mean, that. As I feel much. Like that's where it stems back from, though. Yeah. Because yeah. he because that was the first playoff. Yeah. <laughs> And now he's with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Hey, we were just talking. Uh, do you the, the quarterback matchmaker? We're in trouble because I mean, Stafford goes to the Rams. We thought Golf was going to stay, right? You thought Golf was going to stay? Yeah. What, what a waste of time that segment was, huh? Well, sometimes you got to kill a little time. You're not lying. <laughs> You're not yeah. lying. Now listen, it's not like over a couple of years of doing the show, we haven't looked back and said, "Well, what a waste of time that segment was." <laughs> that that does wrong. happen. It does happen. Um. But Stafford goes for all, you know, we, we talked about the deal, and there's elements of that deal. People want to get married with the draft picks, but there's a lot of dollars at stake in that deal, too, in the dumping of golf that made that a little bit more manageable for both sides, in my opinion. But now there's this report last night. I know when I was driving home, Stuart was reading to me two yeah. first-round picks for Derek Carr and then to flip some of that capital around potentially for Deshaun Watson. Uh, listen, I can see all that stuff makes sense from from a Raiders standpoint. That makes some sense to me. But Derek Carr getting two first round picks? I mean, is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, so there's a couple of sources here, but the one that I saw last night uh, came from Vincent Bonzengorn. Bonzengorny. Sure. Brent, Bless you want to help me out? I'm. I don't know, man. I'm sorry, dude. My bad. Uh, Kinda Vincent Bonzengorn. Bonsignor. There does we he go. cover the Raiders? He does yeah, cover yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, he covers the Raiders, before. right? And he put out and said that multiple NFL sources indicate to me that Derek Carr is a hot commodity and is expected that multiple teams will pursue him via trade that could lead to the Raiders pursuing Deshaun Watson in a blockbuster trade, my story. You want me to it, introduce? Want me to translate that for you? Yeah. Read the first line again. Multiple NFL sources indicate to me that Derek Carr is a hot commodity. Multiple sources inside the Raiders building have wanted me to push out that he is a hot commodity. And it is expected that multiple teams will pursue him via trade that could lead to the Raiders pursuing Deshaun Watson in a blockbusters trade, my story. We hope this report by Mr. Bonsignor encourages people to get antsy about the quarterback position and give up two first-round draft picks so we can go get Deshaun Watson because we don't have enough to go get Deshaun Watson. right now. Let's carry this on, but this is a new thing. You, you realize that, right? Like th- this is a new segment now. Yeah, like, you just okay. But with that being said, so you don't think that there's going to be a, a need? And, and he goes on to say in the article that he expects, like you just mentioned, the Raiders to trade away Derek Carr for two first rounders. They then in turn parlay those two first rounders uh, to the Texans for four first rounders for Deshaun Watson. First part of that trade: two first rounders for Derek Carr. Is there a market for that, yes or no? I I I don't think so at face value the way people... Now, I'm going to tell you this right now, Brent. In terms of this past season, and I'm not sure... I, I guess Stafford missed a couple games, but so didn't Derek Carr miss a game? Well, I think he missed game. one. I think he missed a game. Yeah. So Derek Carr had more passing yards. Granted, it's close. Um, he had the better completion percentage, 67% compared to 64% for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Derek Carr, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Matthew Stafford, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Derek Carr had himself a very nice season. He did. He did. Uh, it was a very nice season. I, I don't dislike Derek Carr. 
I think he's an okay quarterback. Mm-hmm. I just don't know with all the quarterbacks out there and with the quarterbacks available in the draft, I'm a team saying I need to go get Derek Carr. And when you say two first-round picks, mm-hmm. you are basically saying to yourself, I need to go get Derek Carr. So who's doing that? Like I, I just don't – could the Jets do that? Well, they don't need to give up their number two pick. They've got another one, and then they could pick, give up next year's pick. But then they – they could slide out Sam Darnold. Well, that's not what the Raiders want in that deal. They they don't care about Sam Darnold. They yeah. want to flip stuff around for Watson. And and I love the idea, the hypotheticals of these deals. But I just don't. I mean, could you even think of a team? Maybe the Patriots. Would the Patriots settle on a guy like Derek Carr? Bring him in. I'd have to see what his contract. I mean, give me three even... teams that you think would really well, make a play for Derek Carr, like a legitimate. They'd be like, hey, I think we get a lot better if we go get Derek Carr. Well, and here's the thing, right? Because you can say, well, go look what the Raiders did. But the Raiders kind of overpaid, in my opinion, to get Goff off the books, right? Like, that was a pretty high contract. The Rams did, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. The Rams did. No, you're right. So now it's, now it's off the books. So, like, that that costs a little something, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In terms of Derek Carr's contract, next year, 2021, he is slated to make $19 million. That's for a the deal these salary. days. Yeah. But, you know, go back. Think about the numbers, right? Think about what Wentz is doing now. Think about what Goff is doing now. You know, the Jags, if you really look back at, like, what the Bortles deal was, it really wasn't a terrible deal to try if they thought. Now, it was in hindsight, it was bad because – but I'm talking about yeah. the actual deal. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that always gets me about the Bortles thing is I could see why people in the building would – and I was I died on the Bortles Hill, okay? So I was one of them that said, listen, this might be him playing good football. This could be him turning the corner. You're hoping a franchise quarterback is about to go somewhere. He's learned a lot, all this stuff. You know, you get you get enamored with that. I still can't believe Tom Coughlin got enamored with that. Tom Coughlin rubber-stamped this move to bring him on for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. But even in hindsight, if you look at that deal for him, it really only had to work for a year to be a decent deal for the team, and I know it didn't. But if you look at some of these other contracts, that deal was nothing. Yeah. Like the Jaguars didn't hurt themselves that much by that deal compared to some of these other. I mean, look what the Rams had to give up just to get under, off the, the golf deal. And he's a better quarterback than than Bortles, you sure. know. Yeah. So it just struck me, uh, you know, thinking that way back to that. The the deals of these quarterbacks, you're forced to do something. So 19 million, you say it's a lot of money. It's really not for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually a that's a reasonable deal for a quarterback coming off a year car just had. True, right? True. That's pretty, pretty. Uh, you take that. So, as far as a the market, then is there a market? I, I'm just answer my question to this, okay? Yeah. As we go flip through the teams, yeah, the Patriots. Who, you said. Who, I said the Patriots would get better. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the AFC East. The Bengals. I mean, the AFC North. Nothing. The AFC South. Would the Colts be better with Derek Carr? See, now that's a reasonable play. Yeah. The Colts make some sense here. You don't need the splash of these big names. He makes you better. Yep. And by the way, Frank Reich, I could see Frank Reich and Derek Carr working together. Sure. Uh, and no, I don't know listen. if it's just because both are spiritual men, both very good, very nice men, I think, as what you hear about them. I don't know if I'm I'm do, I'm do really just pigeonholing that in that corner, which I might be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the bottom line is, I think from a team that can run the ball, has a good offensive line, has a pretty good roster and defense, Derek Carr might make the Colts better. How about like the Colts might make sense. What about Washington? I think you're asking him to do mu- too much there. Okay. Kind of like the Patriots, too. It's like you're asking him to do too much. I need him to bring him in a situation where I want him to be surrounded with some pretty good stuff, and I don't have to ask him to do a lot. Okay. What about this team? And let's be realistic here. Let's take emotions out of it. The Giants. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I thought oh, about the Giants. Daniel Jones, oh no. I, I, I just would say. Oh no. I still believe I'd rather. I'd rather uh, what, see the investment out of Daniel Jones what, upside than than Carr. What did I say about emotions? You I couldn't do it, could you? No, you I'm just you, being real. You, you couldn't come along. You couldn't come along with me. You had to tie the emotions to it. You, you, you want to see the whole Daniel Jones saga follow through? Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with I'm okay with Daniel Jones staying another year. Now, I also I've seen this played out a little bit and talked about on some of the national shows yeah. with. Uh, with would they make a play? You know, mm. would they send Daniel Jones to X team and then make a because there's so many quarterbacks. Like I think the Giants should look at an upgrade. I'm just not sure I would say Derek Carr is that is a guaranteed upgrade for me to say okay I'm done with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I could still try to stay with Daniel Jones if it's Derek Carr. Uh, and I understand understanding this. I think Derek Carr's better. What I'm saying is I'm just not sure if he's better enough. I got you. Uh, and but there are guys out there that you might say they're better enough. Yep, that's the fascinating part of this. Like if you, I th- I like Jimmy Garoppolo better than I like Derek Carr. I think. Do you? Mm-hmm. Ah. See the, the injuries stick out to me a lot yeah, more than fair. Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's hard to say. That's fair. Hey, how about the Patriots go bring back Jimmy Garoppolo? Is there a lot of talk about that? I haven't no, seen it, but is there I a lot of talk I haven't about seen a lot of that. Uh, you never know. Uh, real quick though, so for Derek Carr, two other teams are sticking out to me right now: the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers, but it, I'll say this. I feel like they have that in Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Does Derek Carr feel that much different than Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, if I bring up those passing stats, he might. Uh, not too bad, I guess. Uh, the, it's pretty comparable. No, you're right. You're right. He's kind of in that same group, right? Whatever yeah. that group is, however you want to label him. Again, I don't think bad. Yeah. I'm okay with my quarterback being that. I'm yeah. not super excited about my quarterback being those guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of, of passing yards, actually, Teddy Bridgewater had more passing yards than Baker Mayfield yeah, did this so, year. And he's under contract with that's Carolina, crazy. right? Uh, yeah. He, so, well, is he? I think he is for another okay. year. I think that's okay. what we determined. But The last so, team, Falcons. Well, that sounds like they're going to keep Matt Ryan. So if I'm going with the Falcons, year, yeah. if they're going to keep him for a year, then I'm getting a young, young guy. Okay. That's who I'm drafting. Like, I'm drafting Justin Fields. There we you go. Know, or something like that, if he's available. Or Zach Wilson. That's who I'm, make, I'm oh. making that move this year. Last one, Chicago. Now, Chicago's not a bad move. Makes sense. Chicago's not a bad move, although I will say this about Chicago, and this might be unfair. But I think if I if 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 Derek Carr goes to Chicago, I feel like they might turn him into Trubisky. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't got feel you. like yeah. there's upside. Like I feel like if you went to the Giants, I can see upside. Oh, you got yeah, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, you got Ingram, you got some, you got a team that's maybe building upward. If you go to <sighs> Chicago, you lose Allen Robinson more than likely. Yeah, don't. maybe. But the Patriots, I feel like Belichick can help you make, get you better. Right? There's a confidence there. Uh, who was the other team that made sense that we said? Panthers. No, the Colts. Oh, Colts. I said Sorry. The, Colts. Yeah. the Colts to me is the landing spot for Derek Carr. If if you were to make a move like this, I think yeah. it's a reasonable move well, for the Colts because you don't. He doesn't have to. You're not basically saying, "Hey, come on, you're our guy for the next seven, eight years." You might be, mm-hmm. but you can kind of rent him to upgrade your position. Now we're just kind of playing with semantics here because it's in a it's an in division opponent, the Broncos. No, I'd, same I'd thing. Re- kind of Daniel it's, Jones it's lock Yeah, a little bit. You don't get really. It's not a enough. lot of rise. It's okay. not enough. Okay. So you don't, but again, uh, health, health withstanding, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Like if you're the Colts, Question. let's just say, okay, yeah. are you? If you're the, I think the Colts are the most fascinating team. They, they have they, a lot yeah. to play with. They look like they're ready to win. Mm-hmm. They need a quarterback. They really do. And so, would you, if you're the Colts, are you going after Jimmy G or Derek Carr? I'm taking Derek Carr over Jimmy G. I think that the sample size that I've seen from Derek Carr is a lot more. 
I've seen Derek Carr, I think, with more bigger throws. And I don't want to call Jimmy G a game manager per se, but I feel like in that system, you know, with Shanahan, it, it feels like, listen, like, if you're a defense and you're planning for the 49ers, you're not really planning around Jimmy Garoppolo. You're planning about how you're going to stop this run. How you're going to stop, you know, all these motions and these crazy jet force, these jet sweeps with, you know, uh, Debo and how you're going to stop George Kittle. I feel like, and with all due respect to him, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is secondary in terms of an approach how he stopped the San Francisco 49ers on offense. It's interesting because, you know, the, I, I always look at the, where are their relationships and DeForest Buckner yeah. went to Indianapolis. They just made a pretty big deal last year for that first round pick. You know, the Colts think they're good enough where they're not going to have a first-round pick of enormous value. Mm-hmm. It's top 10, top 12, top 15. You talk about first-round picks now, and you're talking about number 24 in the draft, 23 in the draft, 26. Those are viewed differently. And so if you go two first-round draft picks with Indianapolis yeah. for a guy like Derek Carr, it makes some sense. Well, I'm, Jimmy G, we'll see what the cost is. So, you know, it's just oh, – you well, add it up, it makes sense for the Colts in my opinion. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to need you to relax, though, because if you remember, I have Sam Donald going to the Colts. That's like my upset, like sleeper Sam Darnold pick there is okay. the Colts. So uh, relax with that. And, and by the way, I think that makes some sense, but that seems like you're Preacher. trying to salvage a guy. Sam more, so than a, more so than guys that have done it, like Jimmy the G and Derek guy. Carr. The young guy I know, that was Jimmy in a bad G situation. Is old, and Derek Carr's not old. Yeah. And they've done don't, more. Don't get, don't get you know persuaded by Jimmy G's looks now, okay? he's He's been around for a couple years. By the way, did you see the good news for you that uh, Fitzpatrick wants to play again? I did not see that. Yeah. Brock the Rock actually says, what about Fitzmagic to the Patriots? Are you ever win another bet or not? <laughs> I don't know. You, know. you think so or not, Brent? I, Alex Smith hasn't retired yet. All right. Hey, uh, Gigantor on social media asked us asked me this last night while okay. I was driving, so I didn't respond. Um, Hunter Renfro for a late pick to give the Raiders a little more capital if they're looking for it to trade Watt for Watson. Would you get, if you're the Jags, would you give up like a... Fourth round pick. Absolutely. Or I mean, yeah. yeah would he add something to Hunter this Renfro? offense? Yeah. I mean, listen. He is the traditional slot guy, right? He's the punt returner. But like out of the slot, I mean, you can have Keelan Cole, you can have Chanel, but like Hunter Renfro is a slot guy. You know, he's like the Dan Amendola, all those guys. I like it. All right. National Signing Day rolls on tonight on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll see you there. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 at three o'clock. Have a good night, everybody.